Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, Kip Nation, what's going on? I hope that you are being tremendously blessed by this Woman Warrior series. I've talked to a few men out in the West Coast and up in the D.C. area, and they're loving the series. I I was shocked that a lot of men are listening to the series as well, so it's a good thing. Today, we're going to continue with our series of conversations with women warriors. You've heard from Camille Joy Robinson. You've heard from Karen Briggs. And today, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest Uh, with me today who's going to be on this podcast. Her name is Starlet Johnson. She is the National Provider Communications Director at Cigna Healthcare. And I want you to tune in and listen to what she has to say as we have conversations about women warriors in corporate America. Hey, Starlet, how are you today? Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for having me here. And hello, Kip Nation. So happy to be here. Well, Starlet, we're going to jump right into it and uh, just see, get as much insight and information and impartation from you as we possibly can. I know we have some listeners that are anxious. I'm going to ask you, Starlet, and we've known each other for a long time, but you transitioned i believe around somewhere 2005 into this corporate setting and moved rapidly up the ranks and tell us what exactly do you do for cigna and other fortune 15 corporate entities yeah so i appreciate this question um because when you talk about moving up the ranks um, it does it can happen quickly and sometimes it takes quite some time but i'm really proud and happy of, about the work that I'm doing uh, today at Cigna, what I've done over the years in the, the healthcare insurance industry. So I lead a nationwide strategic internal and external communication operation. So that includes doing communication strategy, running editorial, 
uh, teams uh, handling the distribution of communications, the measurement of the effectiveness of communications. And I do this with a team of about 40 or so folks uh, for executives and senior leaders uh, for large parts of our operation. Um, and our primary audience is our network of over a million uh, medical and behavioral physicians at hospitals. Mm-hmm. And our internal audience is, uh, you know, teams that work directly with those providers in, the, in those hospitals, as well as the employees of the company. So with the division that I'm in, that employee audience can be anywhere from about four to 5,000 to about 15,000. That's a lot of people. And I tell you, just listening to you, Starla, that sounds like a lot of work. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Tell us a little bit about you. Personally, I am really big on family. Um, I'm big on my faith. In terms of how I operate, I love collaborating. I love doing things in excellence. I usually find myself elevating or or just making something better off than what it was when I found it. Uh, I'm huge on learning, uh, showing up for people, showing up for my team, showing up for my family, uh, showing up for my community. And I would say a lot of that came from, you know, my biggest influences in life, which are, you know, my parents and just the way, the example that they set, doing things not just for their family, but for their community. And even in the way that they handled people, you know, doing things, always showing grace and humility, always helping and giving and nurturing. So I find that those same attributes tend to be woven into the fabric of who I am and even in how I show up in my role, you know, in any role that I have. It's like that. It's not two different people. It's the same person big on all of those things. Well, you're the same person uh, that I met many, many years ago. I'd say over 20 some odd years ago. And I've seen you demonstrate humility over and over again. But one of the things that I've admired about you over the years, Starlet, is your consistent character. Uh, the second thing I've admired about you is your pursuit of excellence. How does your pursuit of excellence help to define your role at Cigna? And how did you find your niche in corporate communications? Yeah, so it was an interesting journey. When I think about how I started out, you know, in my younger years saying, what kind of career do I want? What do I want to be doing? Originally, I wanted to be a teacher, like my mom. Um, And then when I went to the University of Connecticut, I found myself gravitating towards uh, communication science. So I thought that was pretty interesting, but I I didn't really know what kind of role that I would eventually land. And when I, you know, graduated from school, I actually started out doing some administrative roles, and they happened to be in the healthcare industry. Okay. Uh, There were maybe about two roles in, I ended up, in a marketing communications department for a uh, local uh, health plan. And I was doing an administrative role there, but there was a a leader there who recognized and appreciated my talent, my like for communications and saw something in me, like the thing that I had studied for, but I just hadn't had a chance. And I remember him saying, you have so much more potential than this role is providing you. I, I hope you never get pigeonholed and he, he believed in me and gave me some opportunities to, to stretch and take that leap. And I took it. And I've been in that space ever since. And I've been climbing ever since. 
I like to do for other people as well. You know, making sure that you open up a pathway for people to end up where they need to be and the thing that they love doing. And after that happened, um, you know, I continued to build on my skills, build on my competencies, you know, learning from colleagues, taking classes, reading, you know, having that intellectual curiosity. Um, and then I eventually went back to school uh, to earn my master's in journalism. And that was just helping me build on other disciplines of communication. And, you know, I came to know more about broadcast work. I actually had started it out there at New Vision International Ministries, you know, doing something that I love doing, but then was able to go back to school and sharpen that, that dimension of the communications field that just opened me all the way up. And then what started to, you know, continue to build up in me, obviously, very energized, very excited, and that all collectively shaped the reputation that I have now in the field as communication leader. People know me to be, you know, passionate about building high-performing communications teams and, and operations and, and having this track record of, you know, nurturing talent, recruiting the best talent, mentoring them the same way that I was mentored, and also, like, helping organizations launch new products, navigate crises, build on culture, you know, just deliver impactful results that help drive business success. Wow. That's a lot, but I, I heard some key things, and I think that some people might need to hear this, and I, I want to just reiterate a little bit, if you don't mind. Part of your start was in a church. It was in my church, uh, New Vision International Ministries, and you yeah. were our, you were the face of New Vision for, I believe, about eight years doing actual news report and media journalism, and this helped to build your foundation while you were getting the theory side in school, working on your master's, you were doing the practical here, but you were also being buttressed by a gentleman who helped to mentor you. I believe those were the things. There was something else you said that really piqued my curiosity about your learning style, that you never stopped learning of it, but you used a word. Intellectual curiosity. Intellectual curiosity. I like that. off the tongue because I inspire that in my team as well. It's, I always say never set it and forget it. Okay. Whether it's your learning or a process that you have in place, it's like it can always be better. Elevate. Seek excellence. So I do that by, you know, keep reading, keep talking, you know, learn some more. You'll never stop learning. There's always something more to learn and I think that that's made a big difference. It's like you never know uh, which you'll stumble upon or other talents that you might even have within you. That's right. I don't want anybody to get a false sense of elevation because there's always, with the glory that God has given you, Starlet, there's always a story behind that. And I tell people there can be no glory without a story. Too much is given, much is required. So then I'm going to ask this question. What racial and or gender challenges did you have to overcome as an aspiring African-American woman in corporate America? Wow, so what? Uh, back to my influences again. So my parents, they really prepared me for what you could potentially encounter based on what they had encountered, um, you know, in going up the ranks, you know, in the corporate America or, you know, even my mom is a teacher. 
And I said to myself, that's not going to be me. I'm just going to be great, and everybody's going to treat me just as, you know, the same way they treat everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, that's what I expected. And I, my, and I remember my dad saying, it's good to, you know, have that in mind and every, as you approach your career, but keep your eyes open because sometimes things, the world is the world. <laughs> so I prepared for that, but okay. hoped I would, it, it would never be my reality. But the truth is, it does happen. I can say that, you know, at least I can probably count on one hand the times where I felt like something was happening differently for me or to me because of, you know, being a woman or being an African-American woman. And it shows up in different ways, usually some kind of double standard that you might feel or see. Okay. Um, You know, if you're being courageous or saying, hey, you know, bringing something up, that might make somebody feel uncomfortable if you're being insubordinate. Whereas somebody can say the same thing and probably not anywhere near as nicely as I just said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, oh, they're just being feisty. They're just a little feisty. Okay. And I'm like, how, you know, just ways that how you bring something up, it's like you're angry and they're just a little, you know, they're just a little feisty. Or it, it, on a, when it comes to gender, I've seen it where, you know, women, myself and others where you, you see my you might see an inequality of oh gee is my pay the same or am I being treated differently in this meeting you're you're letting the, the man talk but when I'm trying to say something that you kind of like shushing me or paraphrasing what I'm saying and that's not what I'm saying so it's like you're not giving the floor in the same way okay and when when that happens it, it is it's startling and you question, like, is this happening to me for because of my race? Is this happening to me because I'm a woman? And it, it can really take you aback. So what I've done it, in those cases, I tap into those protocols and channels that they have in corporate America when these kinds of things happen, whether it's your uh, employee relations or your employee resource group or those different channels and, that are meant to be, you know, fair or meant to guide you when you're feeling that. Um, there might be avenues you're supposed to take when you're feeling like you're treated differently or whichever. So in those cases, I follow the process. I navigate that and escalate how I feel like I need to be escalating it. And I show up with a posture of expectation mm-hmm. that I will be treated the same. And if I'm not, you're going to need to explain to me why I'm not. Wow. And I have found the few times when I had to do that, things changed. Sometimes just calling something out, mm-hmm. um, asking for clarification of what you feel might be happening makes a difference. And I've seen some about faces happen. Okay. When I've done that. So you really learned to speak truth to power. So that you have to stand up for yourself and do a lot of self-advocacy in the midst of any microaggressions, they have to be confronted. Uh, use the proper channels uh, that will help people, whether it be human relations or what other avenues that are available to them. But I, the biggest thing I heard is that you can't be silent about it. You have to deal with the issue as it stands. Absolutely. It's about courage. It's courage. And hopefully the person or the situation you're dealing with or individuals that might be part of it 
will also show some courage and recognize what they may or may you know what they may have done or how that may have made you feel mm-hmm. and um it, it makes a difference a lot of times people suffer in silence um and that's actually one of the reasons why i have positioned myself and have been tapped to help others even where i am right now like who have had more of a bumpier path so for example as a business leader in our division I was tapped to work alongside our, you know, human resource partner to build uh, leadership development programs for diverse populations like women okay. and those in, you know, racially diverse populations. So I, I feel really good about that because I can be someone who can help someone along the way as well. And I also understand the experience. So it, it's beneficial in both ways. As a, as a leader in the business world and working in that top tier Fortune 15 companies, well, I guess one of the questions I have, how long have you held this position? How long have you been in this position? So for the past 25 years, I have, you know, been at it, doing a, a communications role, a communications function, or in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. 23 of those years were with um, Fortune 15 companies. Wow, it's been a long time, but I'm not going to tell my age here on another spot in this podcast. So, <laughs> looking looking back with hindsight, Starlet, if you had an opportunity to do this all over again, what would you do differently? I would say to stop second-guessing my value, recognize that I'm the captain of my career. Mm-hmm. It's up to me and to be comfortable articulating that I am adding value and that can be super critical because how you see yourself helps like really shape how other people see you sure. so that's one thing I would probably pursue I know that I would do this I would pursue networking sooner um, I was not a big networker okay initially it, it, not at all and then what I realized is that it makes a significant difference when you're networking staying connected to people and and even like studying up on your industry and your craft and that comes by way of networking um i would have done that sooner i feel like maybe i would have propelled uh, myself further into my career earlier on um so that's a big one and then i would say welcoming diversity of thought because i think that i was so focused on like okay who who's like me Um, And even in how I hired people initially when I started leading teams, you know, I would hire people that were more like me and and thought like me. And what I learned is that when you do that, it doesn't inspire creativity. Okay. So I would, I do that differently now. I wish I was doing it differently sooner, (laughs) but I've been doing that differently probably for at least the last 10 years or so. That's good. That's, that's good stuff. And I think everyone should understand the importance of a diversified uh, support group and a diversified, I guess, stakeholders that are working with you to help you engage things from very different dimensions and very different perspectives in order to get the greatest outcome when it comes to delivery of services. We've had a, a wonderful time here, Starlet. I got a couple more questions. If you just indulge me for just a couple more minutes, how Absolutely. would you, how how would you, Starlet, encourage future executives? What what would you say to future executives who are out there climbing this corporate ladder? And it is a corporate ladder. 
what would you share with them? Let's see, a few things. So I would say don't limit your thinking on what being a leader is. Sometimes people think a leader means you're, you're, the, you're the manager. You have all these people under you reporting to you. You can be a leader in so many different ways. You can lead a project. You can lead at home. You can lead a community group. You can lead in so many different ways and gain the skills you need to grow. Um, don't feel like you're not growing because you're not managing a, a massive uh, team. So that's, that's a big one. I would say knowing your mentors and your sponsors. They're two different things. Uh, some people think it's all the same, but it's different. Like your mentor, you know, you can just talk stuff through, let stuff out, and just be as raw as you need to be with what you're dealing with and what you're trying to do. And then with your sponsor, those are people who speak for you in rooms that you're not in. They bring your piece of paper into the room. They influence, you know, how, uh, like what kind of opportunities you might get, for okay. example. So that's a big one. Like have those people in your life. Build those people into your network. I think they're game changers. It, it has made differences for me in, in roles that, and even the role that I'm in right now. Somebody helped me. Somebody opened up the pathway. And that those people knew that I had a desire to grow. So that's really important. And then the last thing I would say is really be your authentic self. There's okay. nobody else like you. And bring that real you to work every day because it takes a lot of energy trying to be someone else. And at the end of the day, people want the real you. I love that. Bring your authentic self to work every day. You know, I think I'm going to ask a question for some of the audience out there. How do you find... Uh, or collaborate with these sponsors and mentors? What, Where do you interact with them? Where's the space where you can immediately make these kinds of connections? Yeah, so if they're folks, and they don't, they could be folks that you work with at your job, so you have more opportunity to interact with them, you know, setting up one-on-ones, connecting over lunch, or whatever that might be. So you have those opportunities where you can share you know, how you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're hoping for. Sometimes you can be part of groups that are industry focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're in the same circle of people that do what you do. Okay. Um, say that your mentor or sponsor is in that space. Um, and now on social media, even on you know platforms like LinkedIn, there are different groups that you'll find there. Um, and when you join those groups, you're surrounded by other folks who have similar interests. Um, And then one of the other things that can be helpful is even if you don't know the person personally, just like looking for people who are in the kinds of roles that you desire to have and letting them know, like, this is a space that I want to grow in or, you know, grow toward. And I found that people are usually very excited to, you know, help shape your journey and help inspire you by sharing what their experiences have been and even sometimes helping you with your next opportunity. Wow. Well, I got one last question. And sure. you've been in the marketplace some 23 years. I've watched your impact on churches. I wanted to have, to have you come and talk about doing video broadcasts for churches because a lot of churches need that kind of impactful culture. But... Um, Here's the question. How important is it for your faith to intersect or impact your work in the marketplace? And over these 23 plus years, how's your faith Mm -hmm. 
work for you? How did you incorporate that on a daily basis? It shows up in everything. Because you can't do anything without God. Period. So when I, in everything from how I prepare, so when I'm to lead something, or I need a boost of confidence, or whatever that is, I really look to the Word. I do. It's like, what does God say about this? And I know that I'm not alone when I say we get out here and we, you know, do what we do every day and we feel like it's just us doing it, but we're not doing this stuff alone. It's like, so when you're, when I'm preparing, I ask God, you know, to order my steps. When I am feeling like I'm lacking confidence, (laughs) you know, it's okay. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like just pulling on those things. And even when it comes to dealing with conflicts, you know, when you're in the marketplace, when you're at work, when you're, you know, pitching something, an idea, you can run into conflicts. And it's like, okay, what does the word tell me about conflicts? Okay, you it feel like someone did something that you bring it to them and you tell them and you work it out together. You know, the, the word talks about that, how you deal with disputes. So I rely on that. I had a situation where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I sat there spinning, trying to figure out, do I... Do I escalate it? Do I do this? Do I do that? And it's like, no, it says first talk to that person. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, I did that, and it turned out so much better than I expected. So that's an example. And even when I'm working with my team, uh, you know, people make mistakes. People need to be forgiven. People need help. And you see so many examples of iron sharpening iron, um, all of those instances where it's just navigating the workplace every single day. One, one thing that is part of the fabric of who I've become as a leader is like how I deal with people. And that plays out in a couple of different ways. So most people that you're working with in a team, a lot of times they might wanna grow. They might wanna grow in their career and kind of like that, what I shared with you before about being pigeonholed, sure. for example okay, you're doing this this particular role, and somebody saw something else in me and said, I see that in you, let me give you a chance. It reminds me so much of like the story of David. You know, he's like the unlikely pick. Certainly you don't want him. Let's go over to this person. This is the person who's in this role. And I think that happens so much to people in their career and they get stuck. So even with how I deal with people, I apply some of those biblical stories, those biblical concepts in how I care for and nurture people and help people and even being willing to pray with people (laughs) at work. Some people say, oh my gosh, but they see your light. They see your light and people that you never talked about, you know, your faith to coming to you saying, can you pray for me? I just feel like you can pray for me and those kinds of things. So it, it manifests in so many different ways, Bishop. It's, like I said, how I'm thinking about showing up and what I need to be doing and then all how you help people and also in how people seek you. When you do those things every day, it's your light shining and it draws people and it's not drawing them to me. <laughs> you know, it's drawing me to the God that I serve, and I'm, and I feel comfortable even being able to talk about that. So I love that that there's no 
hard line boundary there mm-hmm. that the way that I've carried myself at work and the way that I've um, interacted with people in my work and the way that I've made decisions, it doesn't feel like it's two different worlds. That's good. That's good. Um, because that's a dynamic that many people struggle with. They try to be two different people and the mm-hmm. dichotomy of trying to be two people in the same world is uh, schizophrenic at best. And so um, I appreciate that, and I'm sure that women warriors out there appreciate that. Be your authentic self. Love God the way you love God at home. Uh, Love people the way you love people. And continue to find a place where God can use you and to just allow Him to use you. You said they come to you and ask for prayer. But that's because your light's shining. And I am, I am so godly proud of you. Um, I kind of say the best for last. This is my spiritual daughter. And um, I, I am so grateful for the years of service that you gave me at New Vision International Ministries and for the labor of love, the work that you did, the effort that you put in. As I said earlier, that consistent behavior, thank you. So not only do I thank you for being on this podcast, I thank you for the body of work. And I want to encourage women warriors out there. There's a body of work. Starlet didn't just start overnight. She worked through a series of processes and each process released a promise. And that promise was elevation and elevation and elevation from getting her degree to getting jobs in corporate America to being spotted in corporate America as a bright light that's still shining today, 23 years later. And I want to encourage you that you can go through the same process. But one thing I can say about Starlet, she's always kept God first. And I pray that you do the same. Starlet, do you have any closing remarks? If anybody wanted to reach you, is there a way that they should contact you if they wanted to talk with you? Yes, actually. uh, First, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute honor to be here uh, and speak about this. If anybody ever wants to reach out to me, I can be that network connection that you make uh, as you you know, look to grow in your uh, career or um, if you just want someone to talk to about um, how to navigate uh, as you're growing. You can reach me by email. It's starletdianejohnson at gmail.com. That's S T-A-R-L-E-T-D-I-A-N-E-J-O-H-N-S-O-N at gmail.com. I welcome connecting with folks. Starlet Diane Johnson at gmail.com. Well, you've heard it. Starlet, again, thank you for being on our show. Look forward to having you again sometime in the future. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. And we're moving together to go and influence the nations. God bless. Peace. Have a great week.